welcome to the first episode of a new bi-weekly podcast from glamorgancricket.co.uk. I'm your host, Peter Miller, and in each episode of this podcast, I will bring you updates on how the team get on, play your interviews, and the first ever series of the Brain of Glam quiz. This week, I've spoken to Mark Wallace and Anira Donald, and David Lloyd is the first participant in that new quiz I just mentioned. So, to the cricket. While well, maiden first-class tons for Donald and Lloyd against the Cardiff University students were a big boost before the championship season got underway, the opening match against Leicestershire was a bit of a disappointment. The bowling of Clint Mackay and the batting of Niall O'Brien and Paul Horton helped the visitors to victory by 10 wickets. The next game for Glamorgan is away to Derbyshire, which may well be underway by the time you're listening to this podcast. They'll be hoping for a lot better performance. They say they're feeling prepared, and they say that they're ready for a competitive season on the field. And Ira Donald made 57 against Leicestershire, and I caught up with him to talk about his winter and his first domestic summer without exams. Here he is. So I'm joined here at the SSE Swaylek by Anira Donald. Hello, Anira, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm excellent, thank you. I just wanted to catch up with you about what you've been up to over the winter. So do you want to just kind of run us through what kind of things you've been up to in a cricketing sense while we've all been freezing here in the UK? Well, first of all, I was sent to the Darren Lehman Academy, which is based in Adelaide. Um, obviously, throughout the years, they've had many uh, England cricketer and professional cricketer uh, been sent out there by the ECB. Uh, formerly Andrew Salter, the winter before, said it was a fantastic experience. So, obviously, I really enjoyed that. Um, tough training, tough cricket. Um, you know, it was very full on. There wasn't too much time off. It wasn't just getting a suntan. There was a lot of cricket involved and a lot of fitness. Um, but no, I really felt I came back a better, better cricketer. There's a lot of uh, onus on you to, you know, really improve on what you wanted to do, and there wasn't too much direction. So it, it was quite good in that sense. You could really um, focus on what you felt you needed to work on. Um, and yeah, I got to spend got to spend the time with a really good bunch of lads. Um, Owen Morgan, obviously, who's, who's from the Bond, and I played with him quite a while. He was out there with us, uh, and obviously other younger guys from the county. So it was a really good all-round experience. Uh, and then I was cut short a little bit by getting selected to go to the World Cup in Bangladesh. Um, so I flew over to Dubai um, originally to meet up with them all. Um, had a bit of a training camp there, um, which obviously was a great preparation. It's a great great place to be. Uh, facilities unbelievable at the ICC Academy. Um, and yeah, from there we went on to Bangladesh, um, which was, uh, again, all around a very new, very interesting, fantastic experience. Um, to be involved, obviously, with the national team in the World Cup is a dream come true. Um, and yeah, we looked after fantastically well and the, the facilities there were great as well. Um, and it was just really a all-round fantastic experience. So the boys really enjoyed it. We didn't we didn't perform as well as we could have and should have done, which is a bit disappointing. And on a personal note, I didn't quite get the game time. I wish I, wish I did, but that's how it works out, unfortunately. But, you know, again, came back from, from all that sort of winter stuff, much better cricketer. And, more rounded person if you like um, and then yeah back here a couple of weeks uh, training outside which was which was interesting nice and cold and then straight back to um, Desert Springs then with the Glamorgan squad which is another great trip so got a few air miles in and yeah we really enjoyed it it was nice to spend a bit of time together with the squad obviously with previous commitments years before whether it was school and uh, ECB stuff um, probably the first time I spent a bit of a pre-season together with the squad um, so yeah that, that was enjoyable got a bit nice bit of golf in um, some good nest facilities there as well so um, yeah and then back here and straight in pretty much the pre-season friendly so we've had a really good run into the season so we, we all fre- felt really prepped and really ready to go so I guess in that sense the the first um, league game against Leicester was a bit disappointing but um, there's no there's no fault 
down to our prep and that was just us not quite being there on the couple of days so in terms of that trip to Bangladesh was that the first time that you've been out as a cricketer to the subcontinent or have you been out there before I've been out to Sri Lanka uh, probably about a year or two previously um, it was quite a different experience but again in terms of the cricket wise the, the pitches are very similar and the bowlers are quite similar so that was good prep in that sense but cricket's played very differently out there so it took us a couple of games to adjust um, and probably ultimately that's probably why we didn't quite go on as we should have done um, it's a very different game but you know it's coming back from it again to have all that sort of experience to draw on um, going back into county cricket now uh, is I'm very lucky to be in that sort of position so from a personal point of view there was kind of some success at the end of last year but also a bit of disappointment in that you made 98 against Gloucester so that must have been was that hanging over your head a little bit over the winter the fact that you were two runs shy of that first first class 100 yeah it was um, it was a strange position to be in like, I say it's hanging over my head but ultimately at the start of the day I'd have taken 98 and I'd have snapped your hand off but but yeah I felt, I felt disappointed because I really it was, it was right there for me to grasp and didn't quite make it over the line so I, you know I had that winter to dwell on it and it was nice to come off and obviously tick off the first first class 100 in, in our first game against Cardiff but now the target is to really get that first um, first championship 100 that's, that's the next uh, aim really so that was a great innings against the students walked off having got 100 tired out that must have been quite nice I was feeling quite good at that point so I'm disappointed <laughs> I scored in but there we are do you have that thing that some counties have where you make your highest first class score you have to buy everybody a drink do you have any of that we did actually yes um, there was a bit of pressure on me to go down the muck and and get my round in that night so uh, I think there's still a few boys hunting me down for that drink but I'm sure they'll get it this season at some point well, it would have been the ideal opportunity, wouldn't it, then, to go on and score 250 and then that's it for the rest of your career, hopefully. Well, that, that was the plan. I think that's why they pulled me off early, clearly. So then, uh, in the first game, you touched briefly on it and then it was a disappointing result against Leicestershire. I thought Clint Mackay bowled brilliantly well against you guys. He got that out of the pitch, so you know it was really tough for us in that sense. But personally, there was another half century for you. I make that three 50-plus scores in your last five first-class innings. I like stats. Stats make me happy. In terms of how you're feeling, I mean, do you feel that you're kind of up and running as a professional cricketer now, or do you still feel like this is a massive learning curve? Yeah, it's a massive learning curve, but I feel like I'm I'm in the team now to really. Uh, that's my job now. I've got to get got to get big runs and get runs when it matters. So, you know, it's it's nice to have a bit of confidence behind me and get a few scores behind me now. So it's really about kicking on and really being consistent. And when I do get in, really trying to go on and get big ones. So, in terms of how things are feeling in the squad after that Leicestershire defeat, I mean, was it just kind of a few bad days at the office, shake it off and we'll try again? Or is there anything you guys think you need to do differently? There's little bits we think we need to do, like, do differently and change, but ultimately, as you said, it was just one of those things, unfortunately. Um, again, with our preparation coming into it, we felt really good and, and the vibe around the dressing room was fantastic. So. You know, we didn't we didn't turn up on a few days, which is disappointing. But it's a case of trying to trying to get what we could out of the match and learn and try and really sort of park it now and not let it hang over our heads, if you like. And then, very lastly, most important question in all of this: uh, if you had to choose, would you rather be attacked by one duck-sized horse or ten uh, horse-sized ducks? Obviously, I've had a few sleepless nights over this question, but um, I think I'm going to go one one horse-sized duck. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough, but. At least there's one of them. Focus on it, I think that's the right answer. Right, okay. Thank you very much, Nye. Great to speak to you. Speak to you soon. Bye.
even though I messed up asking him that question at the end there, because obviously it should have been whether or not he wanted to be attacked by ten duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck, and I still answered it like a pro. Hopefully it'll be a really good season for the boy. He's a really, really nice lad and very down to earth. Next, I spoke to Di Lloyd about, firstly, his first class 100, which he also made against the university students the other day at the start of the season, but also for him to take part in the very first edition of the Brain of Glam quiz. So here's Di answering some questions. So I'm joined here by David Lloyd. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, very well. Congratulations on your first first class 100. Pleasing? Yeah, it's obviously nice to get over the line and um, to get the first one can hopefully follow on by getting a few more this season, which would be very nice. And also the addition of your scene bowling, which has come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Is it nice to have another string to your bow? Yeah, obviously it helps. Say if I'm not performing with the bat, then obviously I can try and do it with the ball. Um, yeah, like you say, it's another string to my bow and hopefully I can keep on improving it. Well, the plan for today has got a bit of a quiz for you. Cricket questions. Hopefully that won't be too hard. You've got 90 seconds and there's a theoretical 20 points. Okay? I, I promise they're not that hard. Right, okay. Here we go. So, number one. Who has the most wickets in a first-class career for Glamorgan? First-class career? I don't know. Robert Croft. Wrong. Don Shepherd. Who won the 2015 Ashes? Who scored the most runs in Div 2 of the County Championship last year? Um, Sankara? Ashwell Prince. Most runs in Div 2 last year for Glamorgan? I'm going to say... Jack Rudolph? Colin Ingram. This player with the highest uh, test average is 99.94. Uh, Who is it? Tom Bradman? Correct. Highest first class score for Glamorgan in 2015? Graham Wright. Correct. Most wickets in Division 2 for Glamorgan last year? Michael Hogan. Correct. Which county plays at Grace Road? Leicestershire. Correct. Name one of the four teams that Glamorgan beat in the championship last year. One. Yeah. One of four, sorry. Correct. Who are the current county champions? Division 2. Division 1. Correct. Who won the 2016 World T20? Correct. Which fast bowler has signed for Glamorgan for the 2020 in 2016? Correct. Name one of the two teams who will play ODIs in Cardiff this summer. Sri Lanka and Pakistan. That's both. I'll give you two points there. Well, I'm going to fit one more question in before your time's up. Who's Australia's current test captain? Correct. So... I make that 11. Well done, you pleased with that? Good effort? Uh, I, I suppose I finished strong. The start was quite slow and yeah, it took me a while to get off the mark. I'm a little bit disappointed, to be honest, as a, as a, a Welsh lad that you didn't get Don Shep. But... Yeah, I, I knew it was him, but at the same time I thought maybe a trick question, I'm not too sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Next, I caught up with Mark Wallace, who not only is he a former Glamorgan captain, a long-time pro at the club, but also chairman of the Professional Cricketers Association. And we had a chat about his lead into the season, but also some of the excellent work that the PCA does. So here's Wally, let's have a listen to what he had to say. Really fortunate to be joined by Mark Wallace. Hello Mark, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Really good to see you. I just kind of want to have a chat with you about your going into your 17th 
season as a professional cricketer now, I make it? 1999, that first game? Yeah, 99 was the, yeah, debut 99, so um, it doesn't feel that long, but yeah, I guess it is. Is it still fun? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's actually probably more more fun now than when uh, when you started. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've always wanted to sort of play cricket for more when I was one of those sort of geeky kids who you know, I didn't want to be a footballer or film star, I wanted to play play cricket. So, so yeah, doing this is it's what I want to do, it's great. And just recently signed another contract extension till twenty the end of twenty seventeen, which is good news. Yeah, so yeah, I've extended my contract. It was up at the end of the season, so um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been pushed back another year. So that's uh, so that's great. Um, a few of the other lads have signed up as well, so um, yeah, good to be hanging around for a bit longer. So how's it been last season transitioning from club captain to senior pro? Was it a relatively straightforward transition for you? Yeah, a lot easier than going the other way. A lot easier than taking over the captaincy. Yeah, just a bit, um, yeah, a bit weird actually for a while because you sort of go from having all this sort of constant sort of noise in your head about things going on, you know, field changes and batting orders and teams and all the other stuff that you have to do as captain. All of a sudden, that sort of noise sort of turns off. Um, so a bit odd, but um, yeah, good. I think it was a good, um, a good decision to sack me. I suppose. <laughs> no, it was it was the right time to right time to change. Have a, have a new voice, new. Um, New captain in, you know, Jack was Jack was great. So hopefully I helped him a little bit. Um, we get on pretty well. So um, so yeah, it was uh, it was different, but it was yeah, it was good. So obviously the Jack uh, Crofty partnership in the dressing room. How are you finding that? Is it a nice environment for you guys to be in? Yeah, it wasn't so nice after we lost the first game, obviously. But uh, oh look, yeah, I mean they um, you know Crofty's been here a long time, and Jack's been here a few years now. So they um, you know they get on well. They'll they'll work well together. Obviously Crofty knows the club. Um, the club inside out and he'll be looking to put his stamp on things as coach it's still very early days for him as a coach though he's been here for for so long as a player he'll want to be um, you know making his mark as a as a coach you know he wants to be a, a very successful coach along with being a very successful player as well so um, I'm sure he'll get it. And you mentioned the fact that this was the the first game was a loss to Leicestershire in terms of how you guys go forward from that is it just kind of right off bad few days at the office move on do you think there's things that you can learn for the next game against Derbyshire? Oh, look, there's always things you can you can learn from wins or losses. I mean, I think the the bottom line in the last game is we were we were under par in all all three disciplines really, and they and they played very well. To be fair, they um they had a, a new look side and um, and they you know they were very good value for their for their win. As far as you know our, our own performance, like I said we were under par across all disciplines. We were pretty disappointed not to get a bigger score with the bat first innings. Maybe maybe one of our our batters get a hundred. We went at our at our best in the field and were a little bit rusty with the ball, but. You're better off being in that position early on in the season when you've got time to rectify it than uh, than maybe get into a slump mid-season. So yeah, obviously disappointed to start off um, on the wrong foot, I guess. But yeah, there's a lot of cricket left to play. Away from the cricket field, one of the things I was really keen to talk about, and I think one of the things that needs to be spoken about as often as possible, is the really good work that the Professional Cricketers Association do, which you're chairman of. Could you just kind of let people know the kind of things that happen in the off season? I know you've had some talks and stuff. What kind of things do you, are you most proud of that the PCA are doing for pro cricketers, both current and former? Yeah, well, I'm I'm chairman of the PCA, so I'm in my fourth year of doing that. So it's my second term of two years. So it's a bit like the American presidency; you can only do two terms. So this is my my final year um, as chairman. But yeah, they're a, a fantastic organisation. Basically, they're they're a trade union. To start with, but also their their great focus is in in helping players. Um, firstly, to be prepared for when your cricket career inevitably ends, because none of us can play to a sixty five, sadly. Um, and also helping people 
players deal with the the stresses and pressures that that do happen when you when you play cricket. So um, every club's got a um, a personal development and welfare manager. I was just I felt with Ian Thomas, who also used to play for used to play for Glorgan. He does a, a very good job, and I think the PCA are there to help you when things obviously don't go as well go to plan. And cricket's one of those sports where a lot can not go to plan at, at times so uh, and we help a lot of a lot of players both current and also past players as well with any difficulties they might uh, they might come around and whenever you see um, see guys like Jonathan Trott or Marcus Ruscothic having their own their own very public issues often the PCA will be involved in helping them and you'll see that a lot of the time those guys will help the PCA they're things that are obviously in the public domain but we also help a huge amount of players privately as well a, a, a long way from the spotlight as well and that's something we're, we're probably proud of the PCA in my opinion probably probably the one of if not the leading player body in any sport in the world you know we're, we're really really leading the pack well, one of the interesting things I think that you see publicised but perhaps not as much as you should is the fact that there's quite a lot of preventative stuff that you guys do as well so I know that over the winter you had Chris Lewis come in and give talks to people I've seen Foxy Fowler coming in and talking as well is that just as important do you think kind of player education in terms of the issues that they could face going forward yeah I mean a huge amount of what we do is about educating it's about like you say it's about preempting things before they might happen so we do a lot with the academy the academy will have a have a program every academy will have a program run by by the PCA um, in different things and how they deal with transitioning to a professional environment but also um, also as pros as well it's about trying to get it's like sport it's trying to get as much information from and glean as much from people's experience as you possibly can and a lot of the time you know there are cricketers who've fallen on tough times guys like like Chris Lewis who obviously ended up going down uh, going down the wrong path and has come and spoken to us about you know how that happens and I guess how easily it, it could happen um, someone like Graham Fowler who's suffered a lot with with depression um, and cricket's got quite a public um, public image with regard to depression as well it's it's one of those games for whatever reason which it's quite can get you quite introverted and can get you thinking potentially down the wrong lines so having those guys come in and speak so openly so honestly so candidly um, I think that's a great thing about cricket it's one of those sports where the people involved like to like to share their own experience to help the next generation and to help those around them and those guys doing things like that is, is absolutely fantastic please keep up the good work thanks Holly cheers mate I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. I had great fun putting it together. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another one of these podcasts with a different set of players to talk to and a new contestant for my new and, I'm sure, much-anticipated quiz. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves and carry on following Glamorgan. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.